Hey, I'm Johnny King, and I'm a life enthusiast, growth mentor, and lifestyle fulfillment coach, which means I've dedicated my entire life to helping anyone who feels like they're not making the most of their potential to level up and live the extraordinary life of their dreams. You deserve to be the king or queen of your own kingdom, and I'll be alongside to help you be the best version that you can be. I'm psyched that you're here, so let's get to it. What's going on? It's Johnny King here on The Johnny King Show, and I'm very privileged to have one of my good buddies here in my house, in the studio, (laughs) Eric Hinman. Thanks for being here, man. Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh, We've done this multiple times. We've sat down and had coffee chats. Some we've recorded, some we haven't, Mm -hmm. so it'll probably be more more of the same of us just shooting the shit, but um, Eric and I met over Instagram. Mm -hmm. Someone's... I don't think actually, maybe I just stumbled upon you. Either way, I think I just, I put out to you like, hey, would you ever want to do coffee? Little did I know you do coffee like almost every single day with someone new. Up until COVID I was, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you, you love to, to connect with people. I didn't expect that I'd hear back from you. <laughs> but you're like, yeah, let's do it. How about Thursday? I was like, oh shit, let's do this. And so um, one thing that I love about you is that you are such a connector. And I have this, I guess this belief in my mind about people who have a lot of followers or they're, you know, somewhat in the limelight that they're going to be resistant to taking time out of their day or, um, it doesn't ultimately doesn't matter. Just, just, I was surprised that you were like, Hey, let me connect you with this guy. And this guy, I have so many good buddies and I'm doing, uh, so many different things because of the connections you put me in touch with. So, so grateful for that, but there's very few people like Eric, who I feel like are just so genuinely giving, you know, that you don't have, I feel like that, and that's just how you live your life. You're just, you're out there living it, being in the moment, Mm -hmm. you know, with no sense of like, this is mine. Mm -hmm. This is my experience. This is my person. Like you're just giving, giving, giving. Mm -hmm. Has that always been something that you've done or have you like nurtured that over time? Is that like a family trait or is that your, um, your special thing? I think I've definitely nurtured it over time. Um, so I enjoy a healthy dose of like being around people. I mm-hmm. certainly have my close tribe. I love meeting new people. I love connecting people. I really feel like the world reciprocates and opportunities come your way totally. if you add value, if you, you know, share the the things that that you have. And I also enjoy like some things doing them on my own. Like I'm kind of, I'm guarded about like my adventure time, my mountain biking, my, my gym workouts. So I try to, I try to allocate, you know, a certain part of each day towards things that I want to do. I want to do in solitude Mm -hmm. and then, you know, time spent with others, time connecting others, um, time, you know, meeting new people, taking meetings, but making sure that each are structured. So I have, you know, purpose within my day for each of those. And I hate multitasking. You know, I hate if, you know, I'm mountain biking, with someone and you know they're trying to have a conversation with me but I don't really want to have a conversation because that's like when I get into my flow state for mountain biking so I've gotten pretty good at dividing the two of making sure that I'm adding value connecting people meeting new people Mm -hmm. like in some part of my day and then like doing my thing some part of the day it's pretty cool so I mean if if you if you want to take some notes from someone who does a really good job of creating healthy boundaries you've Mm -hmm. got it dialed in Right. Yeah. You've got your time slot. Seems like you got time slot for connecting, like doing what we're doing here. Yep. You got your morning workout before this. Yep. You've got their afternoon 
flow state of some type of adventure seeking, right? Yep. Um, but how have you gotten into? Because if you follow him and you're and on Instagram, you're just Eric Hinman. Yep. Right. Yep. Uh, if you follow him on on Instagram, he's got some just all his photos and your brand. It's just it's really well done. Thank you. Um, and it just makes you want to live your life. <laughs> mm-hmm. It's like, man, I want to get outside. I want a mountain bike. I want to hike. I want a paddleboard. You're always doing some fun stuff. But that is what you do. Mm-hmm. I think. I mean, that's people are like, well, what? How do you make a living? But you've you've had a professional career before. Now you still mm-hmm. obviously are doing a lot of different things entrepreneurially. Back us up into how you you got into your lifestyle of seeking perfect days. Yeah. So. I like to tell people you're going to write multiple chapters throughout life, mm-hmm. and some of them are going to be what I call surviving chapters, and some are going to be thriving chapters. And, you know, I certainly had to write a surviving chapter before I was able to start writing this current thriving chapter that I'm in. And, you know, I'm, I'm grateful for the opportunity that I, I had out of college. My father pointed me in the direction of property and casualty insurance mm-hmm. sales. Mm-hmm. And for seven years, I had a company car. I drove 50,000 miles a year going door-to-door, selling insurance to campgrounds and marinas. And, Mm. you know, I built up a book of business that was residual income, essentially mailbox money. Mm -hmm. You put in a lot of work up front, but the commission stays the same each year thereafter, Mm. and you don't have to put in nearly as much work. And it's an asset that, you know, I can eventually sell. And after seven years of doing that, I hired someone to manage the customer service aspect of it, which was the major time suck. And, you know, then I was able to move on to to other things, software. And then, you know, the last four or five years have just been making investments in different consumer brands and, you know, the content creation piece now being sponsored by, by different brands. But, you know, ultimately it was, you know, going the route of building a residual income early on, right out of college, building an asset that and learning the power of like delegation, automation, elimination, mm-hmm. what can only I do and I do best mm-hmm. and just playing in that, in that <laughs> pond. So even like with the content creation now, um, like I'm out there every day doing it. I don't manage any of the contracts. I don't do invoicing. I have an agent that does all of that. So I've learned over time with each business that I've been involved in, like what I can do and what I don't want to do. Like, mm-hmm. I don't like being involved in operations. I don't really enjoy being involved yeah. in, yeah. in customer service. So, you know, I delegate those things. I eliminate them so I can, you know, just do what only I can do, which is, you know, be out there creating and inspiring people to, to mm-hmm. live, you know, a life by their design. See, I think that's pretty cool because I've gotten pushed back over the years, <clears throat> over the last 10 years of working for myself. I'll mm-hmm. put a post out there every once in a while you know, go chase your dreams, stay in your lane, do the things that you're really good at, get other people to do the other. And people will push back and be like, well, not everyone gets to live the life that you get to live. Or some of us have to work this job to make money, to pay the bills. I'm like, we all have bills to pay. Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> I think it just depends on the standard in which you choose to, to run your life to where, like you said, your standard is that you're just not willing to let yourself yeah, do the things that you don't want to do. Yeah, it takes you out of... It's being mindful, being mindful and being consciously aware of like what things are you good at? What things do you enjoy? What things are you are putting you in flow state and what things 
are you doing where your mind is wandering? And I, I, you know, I had to do this exercise over time of like, I was on a bunch of different boards because I thought that's what you did when you were successful. Mm -hmm. And, you know, a lot of those board meetings, I was sitting there like, you know, writing down like what I was going to do later that night. Like I wasn't in the moment. (laughs) So I started to realize like, I'm not adding any fucking value here, you know? And like, if I'm not adding any value, what's the point of being, doing this for ego or for public perception? So, you know, I just started making a list of things where my mind was wandering. I wasn't in the moment. Mm -hmm. And then same thing, making a list of things where I was like dropped in and like I was in flow state and starting to build my day around only things where like I'm in the moment, I'm in that flow state and getting rid of things where, you know, I was anxious, my mind was wandering and I didn't feel like I was giving or getting any value. Mm-hmm. That's what I love about mountain biking particularly because yeah. you have to be in it. In it. Mm-hmm. You can't really uh, let your let your mind wander a whole lot about mm-hmm. what you've got going on or that you're stressing about. You have to be in it, which is pretty fun. Mm-hmm. So you, you love to do, I mean, you have a background in, um, I don't want to take words out of your mouth, but you've done... Ironman, mm-hmm. right? <clears throat> You've done a lot of kind of competitive racing, if you will, mm-hmm. which has been what? Road biking, running, swimming. Yeah. Iron, Ironman is – I played three sports in high school. I've always been an athlete. Um, I got into weightlifting in college, mm-hmm. and then in my early 20s, I got out of shape because I was driving in a car 50,000 yeah, right, miles exactly. sitting. And my late 20s, I hired a personal trainer, started getting back into like good-looking shape, aesthetic shape. But uh, signed up for a 15K road race and realized, like, being in good-looking shape isn't the same as being, like, fit. Mm-hmm. Um, that 15K just, like, crushed me. So I started running again and doing more cardio instead of just weightlifting. And ultimately, that led to signing up for a sprint triathlon. And the, tri- the triathlon is what, you know, made me become an athlete again and starting to perform at a really high level and just understanding the difference of – like exercising versus training, training with purpose, mm-hmm. you know, making sure that everything I was doing, there was a reason why I was running in this heart rate zone. There was a reason why I was going for this duration bike ride. There was a reason why I was doing these sets in my swim. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, you know, a sprint triathlon led to an Olympic distance triathlon that led to a half Ironman. And then that led to five full Ironmans. Then just one of those things where, um, you know, you're testing your limits day in and day out. You have this lofty goal at the end of the tunnel, mm-hmm. but you have to execute daily mm-hmm. in order to get to that lofty goal a year out. Mm-hmm. So that's what I loved about it. It was like business where it's just like building blocks every single day. And then yeah. all of a sudden you're like, oh my God, I did that. <laughs> it's pretty sweet. And now talking about the actual Ironman, is that, was that in Hawaii? I've done two in Hawaii. Yeah, two that's Hawaii. the World Championships. I've done three in Lake Placid and then qualified twice for the World Championships that's in Kona. Amazing. That's amazing. What was your? Uh, what was the very first one like versus? I kind of imagine it's like, you know, riding the Tour de France or like yeah. you, you learn something massively about yourself with each and every single. Yeah, the, I mean, the first one was very scary, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I mean, I couldn't walk for a week afterwards. Wow. It just took, it, yeah, it took everything out of me. You. I was crushed. And then fast forward to my last Ironman, I did a CrossFit workout the day after. I yeah. mean, my body had adapted to that mm. type of training volume. You know, I knew what to expect. I knew that, you know, there were going to be highs and lows throughout the day. And, yeah, like anything, I mean, practice makes perfect. And the more you practice something, the less you fear it, the better you get at it, and the more your body adapts to to the stress. I love the story that you talked about how you were doing – at some point you were competing about against someone who was older than you, mm-hmm. and he kept on kicking your butt. Mm-hmm. 
even though you felt like you should be beating yeah. him. And tell that story a little bit because I think that's fascinating. Yeah, his name's Mike Corona, uh, and he was a local triathlete from from upstate New York. So he, we were both in Syracuse, and I would show up to these triathlons. They were just uh, like fun events every single Wednesday at uh, Jamesville Lake, upstate New York. And, like, I would just go ham, <laughs> like, as fast as I could go. I would crush this. I wasn't a great swimmer, but I would swim as fast as I could possibly swim. Yeah. I'd get out on the bike and pass everybody, and then on the run, I just, like, sprinted. And I was just going – I was used to CrossFit-type workouts. I was used to just going hard all yeah. of the time. Yeah. And I'd beat everybody on, like, every single Wednesday on these little training triathlons. Yeah. But come race day – I would get beat by this Mike Corona guy, like any single race, <clears throat> um, sprint distance, Olympic distance, didn't matter, half Ironman. So, um, was, he our, I, was he our age? Was he older? He was, he was uh, I think he's like three years older than me. Okay. And he had been doing it longer than I had. And I just, you know, I had this perception of like, I was ripped. I was doing weight training. Yeah, like I yeah. looked the part yeah. and he didn't look nearly as fit as I looked, but he would beat me in, in the races, but like training days, you know, he would go so much slower. And I just didn't understand if he wasn't training as hard as I was training, mm -hmm. how could he beat me in a, in a race? So I ended up hiring him as my coach. Cause you know, if you can't beat him, hire him, <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> like, tell me how to beat you dude yeah, yeah. so I hired him and he's the one who taught me about training with purpose and what he did it, it's called the Phil Maffetone method and it's heart rate training where you have to build an aerobic engine and you have to build durability that's more important than like top end fitness the further you go in an event so you know he, he slowed me down I was running at that time all of my runs, like a 6.50, 7-minute pace at a 160 heart rate. But I'd never run more than 45 minutes because it hurt. I mean, I was going fast. Yeah. So he told me, don't do anything over a 140 heart rate. Mm -hmm. Like you, every single one of your runs, you're under 140. All of your bikes, you're under 140. And I'm like, but I it's barely like feel like walk. I'm working. Yeah, yeah, that's so easy. <clears throat> and he's like, yeah, that's the point of it. Like you're going to be able to add volume. You're going to build durability if you just slow down. And you're going to teach your body to burn fat for fuel. And you're going to build your rotor your aerobic engine so you know fast forward three years later i was running a 630 pace for 20 miles at a 130 heart rate by not running any faster by literally slowing down and just doing runs under a 140 heart rate obviously it allowed me to add lots of volume and you know an iron man that's the name of the game is adding volume and i started beating him but that was training with purpose versus mm -hmm. just going out and going hard every single time which i thought was benefiting me but it wasn't it was just beating my body up and it wasn't allowing me to put in the volume necessary yeah. to excel at a at an endurance sport how applicable, though, to everyday life? Because I feel like there's a part of me that pushes back against <clears> – <throat> now, I love Gary Vee and what, mm -hmm. he, what he says about – but there's certain guys out there that are just like grind and hustle and hustle. I'm like, mm -hmm. man, like you do that and I just burn out. Mm -hmm. And I just – I can't even go that long until I'm like, I need days off or mm -hmm. I just go into this like stupor where I'm like, I can't get out of – and that's not that I can't get out of bed, but it's just like I don't want to work anymore and that yeah. sort of thing versus this like a little bit more of a steady work uh, life balance. Yeah. We're creatures of energy, you right. know, and so here's something I've learned lately is I love entertaining. You know, I love having like dinners at my place or like putting on these epic adventure retreats for 10 close friends. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that drain, like you're on such a high from that. It, yeah. it drains your energy planning it. It drains your energy when you're doing it. So I've learned like 
after that, if I'm hosting a party for 50 people, that the next two days after that, because I was so on yeah. that, like, I just want to be in solitude. I need downtime <laughs> and, like, don't be around people because I need to replenish my energy. And, mm-hmm. yeah, I mean, uh, you know, to each their own. Some people can do it day in and day out. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I can. I need to replenish that yeah. that energy source. And same with yoga. Like, I do so many, like you know, physically hard things like CrossFit and mountain biking that yoga has been a blessing for me Mm. doing that in the evenings where it just like slows me down, resets my nervous system, Mm -hmm. sets me up for the next day of like, you know, going fast up until yoga. And then it's like slow from yoga on. And, Mm. you know, I've just found that's, yeah, that's, that's, beautiful for me in order to like function and not burn out from all of the fast paced things that I do. Mm. I love it. We're we're jumping around a little bit, at least in my mind. Um, going back to your dad encouraged you to, right out of school to get into insurance. Was mm-hmm. he in insurance? As, as he well? was. Okay. Yeah, he managed a small property and casualty insurance company in upstate New York. Okay, so he kind of knew, you know, what he was what he was into and why mm-hmm. it made sense if you were open to yep. getting into that. What did you uh, major in in college? Business management. Okay, so it's pretty straightforward thing <clears throat> did you enjoy it was there any time where you were like i hate this this, this grind this sucks i want to do something else or did you already kind of always kind of know it's going to be about seven years or do you think it's gonna be three years mm-hmm. I mean, i'm sure you push through sometimes when you're like i don't want to do this anymore <laughs> yeah i definitely did um I, a- I knew i knew that wasn't like the end all be all mm-hmm. um and it was tough in the beginning where you know i mean you you just you're being told no a lot and it was frustrating. I just felt like I was banging my head against the wall and wasn't really enjoying it. Um, I started, I enjoyed the competition and the chase. Like I've always enjoyed those things. So that's the one part of it I I enjoyed and I enjoy building something. So I loved being able to build my own business, but you know, I was never particularly passionate about the subject matter. You know, I like selling things. I liked interacting with people, but I started to learn that, yeah, this wasn't, this wasn't like making my heart sing. There were aspects of it that were, but you know, I could do something else where, you know, instead of chasing money, I was chasing things I was passionate about and letting just opportunities come my way. Mm. And you know, ultimately that was Iron Man to some degree, which led to the following on social media. And then the followings on social media led to being able to, you know, sell to brands whose like visions align with my own and allowing me to do what I love to do every single day. So, yeah, there was no one defining moment where I was like, I can't do this anymore. It just kind of phased out of insurance, (laughs) into software, out of software, into investing, into athletics, into content creation, Mm -hmm. into doing what I love every single day. Mm -hmm. And then money, you know, came when opportunities came Mm -hmm. with just like exuding positive energy. Mm -hmm. That's pretty sweet. Um, you had that mentor, uh, what's his name, Dave Corona? What's Michael, my, yeah, Mike Corona. Mike Corona. Um, was your father a good mentor? What was your relationship mm-hmm. with him? Was he? Yeah, he was an incredible mentor. So um, I just watched him early on lead. He had a lot of charisma. Yeah. He managed a, a small uh, group of employees. You know, I always watched him like in public speaking and just thought, wow, I don't know if I'll ever be able to do that, mm-hmm. you know, and. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he uh, he taught me a lot, um, and he also like 
we played together. He had we had snowmobiles growing up, and cool. we went fishing and boating together. So you know he he also taught me to enjoy life, yeah. Yeah. work hard, but also like you know enjoy life, do things you you love. That's pretty find cool. Hobbies. Yeah, exactly. So he was. He's one of, and continues, I'm sure, to be one of your mentors, mm-hmm. right? Did you have other mentors in software? Yeah. And then, like... <clears throat> They've changed along the way. Um, it depends, like, what chapter I'm writing. Sure. So with software, um, I had mentors that were either angel investors or, you know, had built software companies, upstate New York, New York City, and then with... Um, I co-founded a gym in upstate New York and I spent a lot of time in New York City meeting with different boutique fitness studio owners, mm-hmm. consulting with them, you know, learning how they built their brand and designed the experience <coughs> for their studio. And then with like the content creation, now I follow like a lot of content creators mm-hmm. that I feel like do a good job of like showcasing the world in an interesting way or showcasing their craft in an, in an interesting way so it's always it's changed throughout time depending on like what I'm immersed in and at the moment mm-hmm. what you're doing now tell people what you're doing now because I think for for those that aren't on Instagram mm-hmm. or maybe they're on it but they don't fully understand how you could make a living through Instagram mm-hmm. how are you going about doing that yeah so well think of a baseball stadium that holds 60,000 people mm-hmm. and the, the the billboards that are on the fence mm-hmm. you know those brands they're big brands and they're paying a lot of money for the eyeballs, for the eyeballs. to see the you know their <laughs> their messaging so you know that's essentially what social media has become is you have these people in niche markets that have a captive audience that um, you have influence over their buying decisions because they're buying into your lifestyle, they're buying into your knowledge, they're buying into a look, whatever. Mm-hmm. And um, I align mainly with health and wellness brands whose products and services I use. And I make sure that it's something that I can easily weave into my day to day, like vital proteins, you know, having their collagen in the morning and mm-hmm. lane eight shoes that I wear every day and 10,000 shorts that I wear and this whoop band that I wear every single day. Mm-hmm. So I make sure that, you know, A, they fit with my lifestyle. Um, B, I'm going to be able to add value for them. So I like working with brands that aren't as mainstream, like, you know, a Nike, where Nike is just buying me as a billboard. I would prefer a smaller brand like 10,000 where, you know, everyone has not already been exposed to them. So I really feel like I can add value by showcasing their cool product or service. And then, yeah, most of them have me on retainer where I have an obligation to do a certain number of uh, feed posts and story posts each month. And then, you know, outside of that, I'm also consulting, um, introducing them to other influencers. I'm putting on like events, sweat crawls Mm -hmm. in different cities and bringing their products and services into into these in-person events. Um, and, you know, helping them kind of build out their ambassador program. Mm-hmm. So I like to think of myself more as a consultant that they're paying me for rather than just posting a pretty picture and think, thinking I'm really going to move the needle for them by doing that. Yeah, which I think makes sense because that, that still caters to your – I mean, like you, I met you and you meet you. You're like, oh, I, I got to connect you with this person, this mm-hmm. – you know, with what you're doing. You were coming in from a – from the standpoint of just lending a helping hand right from the get-go mm-hmm. with me. You didn't. You just met me, you know, an hour previously, and I can see how that you do that. If you do that with me, you could do that easily with mm-hmm. these type of products. And like, oh, I actually know this person on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I mean, and that's exactly it. I think you're probably like a home run for them. Mm-hmm. Like this it's is, different than what they're used to. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. But I'm sure they appreciate it. They do. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
cool though because you could i mean again if you're listening to this and you're an influencer like you mm-hmm. you i mean i'm sure you help people with fitness training mm-hmm. you help people with <laughs> instagram consulting you could help mm-hmm. people with so many different aspects of business yes mm-hmm. do you, yeah do you, do you actually do coaching though one-on-one and stuff i like don't know i again i like to focus on one thing at a time and you know it I mean, don't get me wrong. I do every once in a while think about, you know, doing one of these things, yeah. writing a book or yeah. doing a teachable course. <laughs> but, you know, ultimately, I really like the chapter I'm living right now where I get to do what I enjoy every single day and create content around that. And I don't want to fuck that up. I want to <laughs> keep doing that while, you yeah. know, I, I can ride this wave. Yeah. And, you know, when this chapter no longer fulfills me or the opportunity no longer exists, I'll move into something else. But I like going through the world with like one lens on at a time. Yeah. And when I tell people like all the different things I'm involved in, they're like, how do you manage all of that? Well, like at different times, that was my day to day, but it's no longer my day to day. This is my day to day now. This is the lens that I'm going through life with. Mm-hmm. And eventually that lens will change, but mm-hmm. I don't want to go through life with too many lenses on because I have done that before. And then I just don't feel like I'm doing anything well. Right, right. Has your uh, has your whole Instagram following been very organic? Yeah. Yeah? It's just grown over time. Yeah, just with it the- started through Iron Man, just showcasing the you know, the cool technology, the bikes, the all the copious amounts of food I was eating. Yeah. And then uh, I was very good friends with Dave Mira, who was an X Games athlete, yeah. BMX rider. Yeah. yeah, God yeah. bless his soul. He, he's no longer with us, but... Um, I got him into Ironman Triathlon, and just by being around him Mm. 2012, 2013, my following grew quite a bit because he had a large following from being an athlete and celebrity. And then, uh, yeah, since then it's grown more from just creating interesting content, living an interesting lifestyle, adding value, you know, in the health and wellness (laughs) field, um, life by design field. And, yeah, just continues to grow just steadily through, you know, new people finding me. Or, like, now a lot of times, like, the pops that I'll get are from brands posting my content. Like, Vital Proteins 10,000, XPT uh, posting something that that I posted. Um, Or being around other um, people that have a large following and spending time with them and creating content together. Are there days that you don't want to do content? (laughs) No. No, I really cool have, with it. Yeah, I yeah. really have not had, uh, yeah, a day where I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to do this anymore yet. And I, I've learned over time, like when I do, like, okay, it's time to stop writing this chapter and, and write a new one. Um, I mean, with like Iron Man, there was probably a one year period where I was doing it because that was my identity, and I felt like I had, to, like that was who I was, and I had to keep doing it, mm-hmm. but I didn't find purpose in it anymore, and. Uh, yeah no I will not do that with this like once I start waking up and not feeling like I have purpose anymore with it Mm -hmm. I'll know that it's time to shift gears but Mm -hmm. I'm enjoying it still I think that's pretty cool Uh, and I'm sure you again you've got that dialed into where it doesn't seem it doesn't detract too much from your day to day you've got you know how much you need to capture and post yeah but it's and part I, of your routine. Yeah. And I know when to say no. I, you know, again, I don't really enjoy working with some of the larger brands where there's like a major approval process behind posting the content. Um, and I like feeling like I'm adding value. I don't want to feel salesy with it. I want to work with smaller brands that are well-funded that, you know, I, I'm exposing to my audience because I feel like a lot of my audience that's what they're looking for they're coming to me for you know what what are some new cool things out mm-hmm. there 
Let's switch gears and talk about relationships. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you and I, I'm, I'm, a li- you know, months older than you, but uh, you know, I think we both have. You have your lifestyle. I have my lifestyle. I think for me, as I've gotten more and more defined in what I do and how I want my life to look, mm-hmm. I feel like the the pool that I'm fishing in has gotten smaller. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. At the same time, I still think about. Well, I just need one. Mm-hmm. I just need one fish. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and that's been, but that's been a challenge over the last 10 years of, you know, being single and being back in the market after, uh, my divorce. But <clears throat> how has that been for you? Cause I feel like it's, you live from what I see such an adventurous lifestyle. Mm-hmm. You've got to find that person that is not only an adventure buddy, but really a, a lover and a partner and all those things. Do you find yourself being challenged with that just mm-hmm. because you're, you're all over the place and yeah. how do you find someone that can. Yeah, kind of <laughs> definitely challenged. And a, a lot of it is, I mean, what you just said, like, yeah. I know what I like. I know what I enjoy doing. I've often been called the most selfish selfish person someone, you know, knows and also the most selfless because I do enjoy doing what I do every single day. And, like, I'm going to make sure I get in my <laughs> tiny wins throughout the day. But I also enjoy, like, sharing some experiences with others mm-hmm. and, like, giving. So... Um, and then, yeah, I, like, I love my friends. I have so many, like, kind of just outside friends from the following on social media that sometimes, uh, I don't make enough space to attract, you know, a, a love interest mm-hmm. because I'm so wrapped up in like the friends I already hang out with, mm-hmm. the, all of the conversations I'm already having on social media, um, you know, just my normal day to day of adventure. And so I, I'm starting to try and make a more, um, cognizant effort of like making space to attract a, a love interest. So, you know, uh, you know, two days a week, you know, having a date with someone going to yoga and flowing with them, mm-hmm. having a, you know, making time to do a dinner with someone, someone new that I met. Um, so that yeah, that's a challenge for me is is making the space to attract yeah. that person, yeah. and you know just getting out of my own way of like I love what I'm doing every single day, and I could just keep doing that, but I do feel like there is a component missing of like sharing it with that one special person. Mm-hmm. I feel that what you said resonates because I feel like that you know, <clears throat> especially with the stuff that I'm doing here in Denver, just a lot of friends, a lot of buddies. Mm-hmm. But then I have my small little circle, mm-hmm. you know, um, and part of the, you know, it's, it's again, where you spend your time obviously is the most important asset that we all have. Mm-hmm. It's like who, and if you got so many friends, it's, it's hard to create that space. Like yeah. you said, for me, it was like, you know, even with the place that I'm living in now, I wanted to create a place that could invite someone into it. Cause mm-hmm. otherwise the th- previous three years, I lived in this little bachelor pad, this man cave that, mm-hmm. You know, I was reading a book and I was like, do you actually even physically have space for her to walk in and, and mm-hmm. could could she see herself coming into your mm-hmm. physical space? I was like, no, mm-hmm. no, actually not at all. And uh, that helped me kind of think about, okay, I need to level up even the living space, mm-hmm. um, not only the mental space or the time space, right? Mm-hmm. So I that resonates for me too and just finding that time to – date and put myself out there and to meet people mm-hmm. i imagine for you it's it's at times it kind of probably feels like it's challenging to meet special people and yet at the same time 
you probably get hit up on or you could, you know, mm-hmm. probably go on a lot of dates. But what is it that you're really looking for? What is that that right recipe for mm-hmm. you with your lifestyle for someone that would be able to fit into? Do you have an yeah. idea? Yeah. I mean, what eliminates a lot of people for me in dating is the ability to just tomorrow go to Moab, you know, <laughs> like I, I've, I want, I need to date someone who has a lot of flexibility within their days. Um, cause that's, you know, I, I hate saying that I use weapons, but I think we all use our weapons to like, you know, make other people happy. And one of my biggest weapons is like the magical places that I'm able to go to and being able to take someone to those magical places. And I get so much value um, knowing that I can share this with, with someone and like, you know, experiencing Moab through their eyes, experiencing the Grand Canyon through their eyes, experiencing Kauai through their eyes. So, you know, it's finding that, that person. And like my ex-girlfriend, Courtney, she didn't have a nine to five. So we were able to go and explore together and do a lot of these adventurous things. So Mm -hmm. that's, that's what I need to find as someone who, you know, has that same flexibility, you know, someone who's in travel blocks or you know works for themselves and I also want to make sure that I find someone who's like super passionate about their Mm day-to-day because I I, I really believe like a a good relationship you know you're both happy separately like Mm -hmm. you are happy in your day-to-day they're happy in their (laughs) day-to-day you come together and you make each other happier the Mm -hmm. sum is greater than the parts but when you're apart you're still happy you don't rely upon each other to make each other happy you're just able to come together and like have even more magic than separate Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah it's it's finding finding that person and i mean the what i attract oftentimes is not what i'm looking for i mean i often attract uh, you know, people that are really into fitness and, but like mountain biking for me, I want to do that by myself. And like a lot of my CrossFit workouts, I enjoy doing that by myself. So there's some things that I don't, that are, that take up a bit of my day that like, I kind of want to do myself. So I want to make sure that other person has like their yoga, their hobbies where, you know, they enjoy doing something each day and yeah, we can then come together and, you know, do some things together. I think that's that's great. And I think, you know, in my previous life, if you will, I was so codependent, mm-hmm. enmeshed, that I was like, oh, if we're not doing things together, you know. And, and I'm a quality time guy, mm-hmm. physical touch guy. Mm-hmm. Hard to do physical touch, you know, if you're not spending quality time together. Mm-hmm. Um, but I have learned so much of what you said is so true that, like, um, even with everything that I thought I wanted, because I was so – codependent but so kind of lost in the work that I was doing and not really all that fulfilled that that uh, I had nothing in which to give I mm-hmm. had no real joy and I had been kind of using relationships to find my joy mm-hmm. and now it's more like no with or without my woman I have to be pursuing this mm-hmm. this this is like more my mission and if you, or my my adventure called life if, if mm-hmm. you want to join me for it awesome mm-hmm. if not well then i'm not the right person for mm-hmm. you kind of seems similar to you where you you know your your lane that you're in mm-hmm. you know and someone's either gonna hitch their you know wagon to yours and you guys can run together mm-hmm. uh, or it's just not gonna work but yeah i feel like from what i see and like what you said too it's like to be able to have that freedom to be like oh let's go to moab tomorrow like, that's what you want to do. You want to mm-hmm. and call it a weapon or call it a tool or call it, you know, 
just life experience. That's where the fun is, mm-hmm. making those kind of magic moments together. Mm-hmm. What have been um, your parents? Were they? Did they have a good relationship? Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. So that was a big part of. Because uh, I know, at least for me, my challenges and my relationships stem from just some of the shortcomings of my parents' relationship mm-hmm. and things like that. You feel like they've modeled a, a good relationship for you? I think so, yeah. My life is certainly very different than, than theirs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but, yeah, no, I think they were a good team growing up. Yeah. And, you know, again, like they had their separate hobbies. Like my dad loved snowmobiling, fishing, mm-hmm. boating. Mm-hmm. Um, my mom more like crafts for hobbies, making cards and rubber stamps, (laughs) but you know, yeah. And like they would go on a motorcycle ride together. We'd have family dinners together. We would go on family vacations together. Um, so no, yeah, I think they modeled a good relationship for me, but, um, I, I've probably learned more about relate good relationships and like just being vulnerable with each other from my friend group. Mm -hmm. Um, than I, than I learned from them. And that's more just like, you know, having life experiences in my twenties and thirties that gave me more knowledge to ask deeper questions. And, you know, I wasn't exposed to my parents as much during that time. I'm, you know, with my friend group now, and that's, that's where I turn to for advice or I'd look to for guidance. Your circle of influence. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. A lot more time with them. Where are they at? Your parents? My parents are in upstate New York okay. in the summertime, and then in the winter they go to Stewart, Florida. Oh, cool. Mm-hmm. Yep, Stewart. Love it. My dad's down in Orlando, but <clears throat> likewise, yeah, I think uh, that can be a great first, obviously, for a lot of us, <laughs> example mm-hmm. or warning sure. of what to do or not do, mm-hmm. you know. But then from there, we're, you know, kind of curious where you found your, just your education coming from. Sounds like your friend, your peer group yeah. and... Definitely peer group. Yeah. That's that's where I get most. I mean, I don't watch the news. I don't watch TV. So most of what I learn, I do read and I listen to podcasts. Yeah. But honestly, most of the learning that I get now is coming from you know yeah. people like friend groups, yeah. is conversations yeah. like this. Yeah. That's that's what I that's what I learn from. Yeah, your mom's not you know pushing you for babies or things like that. No, she? never had been. <laughs> never was. No, my mom was all about that. But really, that's, that's all she lived for. Yeah, I mean, she yeah. had five kids and yeah. Well, she was I was an only child, yeah. so. Yeah, well, there you go. Um, I guess curious when it comes to actually doing the adventuring that you're doing, mm-hmm. do you ever feel like, I don't know, and, and correct me if I'm wrong, I seem, it seems like from the outside in that you love your adventure, but it's not like you're adrenaline-seeking. Mm-hmm. It's not like you're pushing the envelope where I don't see you doing stuff that's like, oh, dude, that's, that's pretty risky. Mm-hmm. It just seems like you're loving what you're doing. It could be running a single track you know mm-hmm. you could be paddle boarding but do you feel like you need that adrenaline at all or is it just more about more flow state and mm-hmm. just perfect days and that sort of thing it's more flow state i mean i'm not the guy that's going to do a backflip off a 50 foot cliff yeah. i'm probably not even going to jump off the 50 foot cliff <laughs> yeah. i mean i've done that but yeah. you yeah. know i i feel like there's things where you know there's a one in ten chance one in ten chance that like something could go wrong and that you know doesn't mean death but just tweaking something mm-hmm. so i do think through like what could affect my next day mm-hmm. <laughs> and i try to do things that i'm you know pretty well versed in you know mountain biking 
I certainly do it extreme, but I've done it so much that, you know, the chance of something going wrong that, you know, is, is pretty minimal yeah. at this point yeah. because I'm dialed in and I've ridden these trails often. I'm usually not going off 30 foot drops where there's a, you know, 50% chance risk. I'm going to yeah. crash. Right. So no, yeah, I don't. I mean, I certainly seek the dopamine hit from doing these things, yeah. but I don't know that I'm seeking like a crazy adrenaline rush. Yeah. I mean, yeah. I've skydived once. I don't know that I'd do it again. Yeah. I'm not looking to like bungee jump off something high. Yeah. Like yeah. I love, yeah, I mean, my run today along the Denver bike path for six miles was magical. Yeah. Like that gave me the energy I wanted for the day. Awesome. So I'm I'm very happy doing that as opposed to seeking the the crazy, crazy, yeah, adrenaline. Take take us through uh, a day in the life of, because what I like about what you just said is like, you think about, like if I did this and I were to injure myself and you put yourself out for weeks, mm-hmm. like you put yourself out of your day-to-day life, mm-hmm. you know, and that's like being more or less like an athlete, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, professional athlete to where like if you injure yourself, you're sitting on the sideline. That's pretty brutal to be, you mm-hmm. know, sedentary when you're so mm-hmm. not sedentary mm-hmm. right so it's cool that you think about that but what does your normal day-to-day look like in terms mm-hmm. of when you wake up do you and then you post and then you work out like what does that mm-hmm. look like yeah so my mornings are slow i wake up usually around eight o'clock no alarm clock yeah. um try to get about eight hours of deep sleep every single night um i make my bed first thing like i'm a firm believer in like little tiny wins like achievements throughout the day mm-hmm. or you know what we're all looking for to to get to feel like we were accomplished at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. Um, I make espresso. I have a fancy espresso machine, so I try to pour like a perfect shot of espresso every single morning. Um, but lately, I've been doing uh, athletic greens, beet elite, and a little vegan protein powder for mm-hmm. a, a pre-workout meal. So not many calories, but enough to give me some some energy. Um, I usually read in the morning, I'll light incense, um, put music on, and like 45 minutes to an hour is just kind of chill in the morning. Sometimes I'll I'll do a social media post in the morning if I'm feeling creative. I'll write out my workout mm-hmm. for, the, for the morning. And then around 9.30, I go to a CrossFit gym and I train for 90 minutes. And I go in with purpose. Like I've written out my workout. I know what I'm going to be doing. And it's just playing loud music and executing for, mm-hmm. for 90 minutes. Mm-hmm. And that workout is uh, typically a fairly long warm-up, like 25 minutes, and then strength training and Olympic lifting. So back squat, front squat, deadlift, um, or some kind of Olympic lift, snatch, clean and jerk, mm-hmm. um, presses. And then uh, I do usually something anaerobic, so like short red line type workout, yeah, yeah. five to ten minutes of that. And then gymnastics, uh, something on like rings, handstand walking, handstand push-ups, pull-ups. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I go and have lunch. Uh, so I'm back into my normal, more normal routine of mm-hmm. having lunch at Denver Central Market each day, meeting someone new oftentimes, having a good conversation with them. And then after lunch, I go off into the mountains, and that's when I'm hiking, mountain biking, trail running, um, road biking. Today I'm going to road bike in Golden. Um, and then I get back around 5 o'clock, and I've been doing hot yoga each night at 5.30 at mm. Core Power. Mm. And then it's usually with someone. That's where I'm trying to meet new people now is by inviting people to yoga classes. Yeah, yeah. 
And then after that, um, with COVID, I actually learned how to cook. So I was cooking at home quite a <laughs> nice, bit. Nice. But now I'm in between, like, going out to dinner yeah. with either someone new or, you know, close friends yeah. um, or uh, cooking at home. And then four nights out of the week, I'll do hot yoga and I'll do a recovery routine, which is uh, going between a hot sauna and an ice bath. Mm -hmm. Usually two to three rounds, 25 minutes in the hot sauna and five to seven, seven minutes in, uh, in an ice bath. You do that a couple of rounds. Yep. Yeah. I'll do two to three rounds of that. And Some, then you, you've got like a, just a one person sauna. Uh, so I have access. Yeah. I have access to... Um, Archipelago, which has a six-person barrel sauna, and then my friend Matt Bickle also has a six-person barrel sauna, and then both of them have those steel troughs that we fill mm -hmm. with water and mm -hmm. put 160 pounds of ice in it. Is that uh, is that a pain in the ass though to get the ice? All yeah, the time? getting the ice is definitely a pain in the ass, but I mean the the reward is tremendous. Yeah. You feel so good afterwards. Yeah. And that's the yeah. only reason why I'm able to, to train such high volume still is by being religious about that hot mm -hmm. yoga or recovery routine each night. So it's interesting because during COVID, you know, I've got this rower here, but mm -hmm. um, I was, before I found that, I was contemplating, you know, getting a single man sauna down mm -hmm. in, the, in the garage and then maybe even just buying or a, <laughs> reserving a, a brand new trash can. One mm -hmm. of those, you know, just get them, delivered it's clean and mm -hmm. just fill that up with water and step into that i see mm -hmm. you do that with like a barrel yep ice right? barrel there's ice barrel um i just hate the ice i hate well, i hate <laughs> being cold man Yeah, most people do most people do and yeah. i just feel like i just i would struggle to do it um it helps when you're doing own. it with others with and others. i mean that's a lot of why i'm doing it with others almost every single night do you almost do it every yeah with, with i mean others? i have the stuff at my place i have the ice barrel i have the infrared yeah. sauna so yeah. i can do it at my place but yeah i'm often doing it with with others you almost need that accountability or the yeah. leverage right yeah it's both it's the accountability and just like sharing that discomfort yeah. with with others yeah and you even even jim like you know through covid I had a barbell and weights with me on the six-week road trip I was on. Yeah. And, you know, I ultimately, like, um, when I'm in the environment where I can be playing loud music, where there's other people around, they don't have to be doing the same workout as mm -hmm. me. But I don't know. It just it affects your ability to perform and execute totally. when there's others around. You have that, like, set environment for doing it yeah. and that like set time for doing it. Yeah. Yep. See what I like about that too. And what I, I hope you guys are taking from this, listening to this, um, is how intentionally is about creating the environment, mm -hmm. right. Mm -hmm. To set time from when you're going to do stuff. Mm -hmm. Right. And then you have everything you need to be as in the moment as you can be. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. My days are mapped out. I mean, I know <laughs> what I'm going to be doing, you know, most days, pretty much any hour of the day mm -hmm. that's pretty that's pretty sweet now when it comes to actually doing your uh crossfit workouts mm -hmm. are you really pushing for for prs is it more about longevity for me it's just i feel like if i there's that like at what point do you hit that point where you're you're mm -hmm. trying to exceed what you've done previously but you're only getting older mm -hmm. you know and there's mm -hmm. that like uh versus not wanting to get injured mm -hmm. you know so mm -hmm. how do you find that balance when you're working out between yeah Chasing, I'm more chasing the feeling every single day, getting into flow state every single day than I am seeking, you know, massive gains. Yeah. I mean, I certainly still like to improve, yeah. but that's not why I'm doing it as much. I enjoy the day in and day out. I enjoy the process. I enjoy the training I do. I very rarely compete anymore 
you know, maybe once a year I'll sign up for an event to compete in. But yeah, it's, I just, I like the feeling that I get after doing the things that I do. And I, mm-hmm. you know, I, I pick things where I know I get the best feeling. Mm-hmm. So when you came in before we started recording, you said you slept for mm-hmm. nine and a half hours. Mm-hmm. Um, you don't set the alarm. So you mm-hmm. just probably woke up and you're like, oh shit, it's been nine and a half hours. Yeah. So, but you leave that open just in case your body needs it. Correct. Right. Yep. And you do, you, how often do you find that? I mean, cause you put your body through some shit mm-hmm. <laughs> every single day mm-hmm. you know which is awesome especially at, at your age but it's like you're religious with recovery sleep mm-hmm. obviously being a huge part of it mm-hmm. um how often are you finding yourself needing nine and a half seven and a half mm-hmm. eight do you feel like you're consistently around eight yeah what? the norm is eight you know nine i mean yesterday was a pretty big volume day so i knew that you know I was my body was going to be pretty fatigued yeah. so i might be sleeping later yeah. but um, yeah, usually if I get seven, I'm good. Yeah. If I get eight, I'm great. If I get nine, that just means that my body was probably a little more fatigued than it normally mm-hmm. is. Nine is not something I typically strive for. Right. Eight is like the perfect balance of where I feel really good and can train pretty high volume day in and day out. Today, and I, I try not to go. I've also like, it looks on social media that I work out all day, every day. And I do work out a lot, but I found my balance that I can back up day in and day out. Like I very rarely go either like so hard that I feel banged up the next day or, you know, like three hours of volume for me is just kind of the norm. I know that sounds excessive for most people, but I've been doing this for 10 years. So three hours is like, I can do that day in and day out. If I get to five hours of exercise in a day, I know I'm going to pay for it the next day, either, you know, physically or even mentally, Mm -hmm. like the, the high you get from five hours of exercise, sometimes you're going to have a low from that the next day. So I, I try not to ever exceed you know, three to three and a half hours of exercise in a day. And I also know like what days to go really hard. Mm -hmm. Like, like if I compete, I know there's going to be two or three days after that where I just feel off and Mm -hmm. I'm not going to have the same high energy levels that I normally have. And that's part of the reason why I don't really enjoy competing that much anymore Mm -hmm. is I don't want that extreme high from competition because I don't want the down days. Mm -hmm. I want every day to be, you know, just feeling good and and even. I was going to ask you if today would would be a a lesser day just because you. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Yep. It's a little bit slower of a day. Yep just to recover. Yep. Um, what, what drives you in, I think, cause most people, well, I don't want to say that as a blanket statement. I feel like some people could listen to this who struggled to even get in half an hour of a workout because mm-hmm. they're so busy doing all the other mm-hmm. responsibilities of everyday life. But what, what really drives you to keep this consistently going over the last 10, 20 years? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Being the best version of myself. Yeah. Um, Iron Man is what taught me that. Mm-hmm. Um, and it was so, so soul fulfilling. Um, I just want to be the best version of myself. I want to show up for others as the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. And I know that exercise is a huge component that allows me to be the best version of myself. It mm-hmm. allows me to be on. It allows me to make these connections in my head to connect you with all of these other people. Like it's just like a light switch goes on after I get my workouts in. Mm-hmm. And if I don't have my workouts, then the light switch isn't on. And I like the light switch to be on all the time. Have you ever questioned, because I'm sure like you mentioned a little bit here and there, just from feedback from past girlfriends, stuff like that, do you ever, mm-hmm. are you ever challenged with like, okay, do I need to give some of this up to create more space for someone else? Mm-hmm. You know, or where does one, or does one actually rob Peter to pay Paul 
in terms of actually time because you love your workouts, you love your days. I'm not saying all women, but I'm saying some women are kind of needing mm-hmm. more time than you probably want to give them. Mm-hmm. Or even if you gave them all the time, they probably want more time. Mm-hmm. That's why <laughs> right? I have a girlfriend right now. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how do, you, how do you find that balance? Because that's the yeah. hard part, right? Yeah, I mean, I haven't found it. Um, yeah. I found it at times, but... Yeah, ulti- ultimately it is a major challenge for me because yeah. I I know how I show up as the best version of myself. Mm-hmm. Um, I know what things are soul-fulfilling, but I also know that I'm missing something that is very soul-fulfilling of mm-hmm. like sharing that with one you know person. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it, it's a major challenge of like what am I willing to give up when – you know, during the day, what portion of my, my days am I, am I willing to not sacrifice, but like find a person who is going to give me even more fulfillment than let's say hot yoga or whatever. Mm -hmm. So yeah, I would have to, I'd have to make a little space right now if I were to be in a relationship. Mm -hmm. And that's why I'm not in a relationship right now is because, you know, I'm very much doing me right now, but I'm cognizant of that. And, you know, that's something I'm working towards is like making a little more space. Sure. Sure. I'd say in, in wrapping things up, if you were to be sitting down with a guy who, um, granted, I, I know at least for my life, like the the way that I live now has just been small little iteration after small little iteration, mm-hmm. day by day, small little tweaks versus changing things massively, mm-hmm. you know, and thinking I'm going to uphold that new standard. It's been little tiny tweaks, and I'm sure you've tweaked for efficiency mm-hmm. throughout your life uh, mm-hmm. up to this point. But for a guy who may be out of shape or maybe he's in shape but he hates his job mm-hmm. or he's alone or he's in a – kind of a passionless marriage, whatever, wherever he is, what would you say is the very first thing that he should, like, if you're sitting down just with a buddy, like, and he's asking advice, Hey man, I need to change my life around. Mm -hmm. Where would you recommend he start? Would it be in the exercise part? The movement for me is definitely medicine. Uh, yes, but I'm going to answer that a couple different ways. So I've been doing this, you know, my first triathlon was 2009. My first Ironman, half Ironman was 2010, first full 2011. So 12 years. Mm -hmm. And each year I would pick one thing to really, really focus on. So one of those years was like purposeful training. One of those years was deep sleep. One of those years was diet. One of those years was uh, recovery. You know, now it's more like stillness, meditation, hot Mm -hmm. yoga. So it's, it's picking one thing to focus on each year and knowing that over, you know, a five, 10 year time period, you're going to get where you want to be, but it, you're going to overwhelm yourself if you try to do it all. But I think, yeah, movement is medicine. That, that was what started my journey into designing my days, building my days around flow state, really understanding what things I was doing for like myself, for my soul to make me better mm-hmm. versus doing things that were ego driven. Mm-hmm. So yeah, movement is what I would start with. And movement is as simple as, you know, walking totally. 30 minutes every day. It doesn't have to be, yeah, you get, you got to start small. I mean, I started with a sprint triathlon. I didn't know how to swim yeah. over a four year period. I became an elite Ironman athlete, yeah. but it was four years. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I think it's so good because I think we can overwhelm ourselves. Yeah. You know, because life can feel a lot of times we'd say, Oh, life is like a marathon. Life might be more like an Ironman mm-hmm. where mm-hmm. <laughs> you think you just got your ass handed to you for the swim and then you're like, Oh shit, I got two more disciplines mm-hmm. I have to do. Um 
but in re- in reality, I feel like if you just look at it day to day, like you do, it's just it's just practicing a little principle, mm-hmm. right? Just maybe getting your stroke dialed in a little bit better. You yeah. know, finding that coach who can help mentor you. And I think that's just it. If you're listening to this and this life that Eric's living here is sounds kind of like oh if only i could live that or that sounds amazing or if i could have my own my version of it mm-hmm. but that may that that would never happen i that's why i think you're so inspiring is because it's like you you're kind of like no why not right mm-hmm. like why not have that flow be in that flow state and be and kind of be pursuing perfect days and if you can do it they can do it, but mm-hmm. it just happens with intentionality, mm-hmm. setting healthy boundaries, mm-hmm. which I think is a huge part of this conversation. It's like, because a lot of people give away their power or their mm-hmm. time mm-hmm. to reacting. Oh, the phone's ringing or, oh, I've got to do this and this and this. Um, but there's a double, double-edged sword, mm-hmm. right? So I think that's what I love so much about how you live your life and and the example you kind of put out there for others. So mm-hmm. kind of in wrapping things up, um, what would be what would be kind of your last piece of advice to to someone who let's say okay they got their movement incorporated mm-hmm. now especially with their nutrition mm-hmm. you know where would you say someone starts you've got dialed in as well your mm-hmm. nutrition but someone who just needs to to maybe connect a little bit more energy mm-hmm. so they can enjoy their lives a little more where would you say those first couple of tweaks should be yeah well structure is the biggest key and you know, that's why meal prep works so well is because there's structure behind it. Mm-hmm. You don't have to think. Like, we all have decision-making fatigue. Mm-hmm. And if you can remove that decision-making fatigue, that's going to start eliminating overeating or eating things that you shouldn't be eating. Mm-hmm. So I do not meal prep, but you know, I go out to the same restaurants. I have the same menu items yeah. at yeah. the same exact times every single day, and they satisfy me. Mm-hmm. You know, they're big salads with avocado. Like, they're satiating. So, you know, it's not what you can't have. It's what you can have that satiates your appetite. Mm-hmm. And it's figuring out a structure that works for you and just sticking to it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you're not starving at 3.30 because you missed lunch and then you have yeah. a whole pizza. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. like, no, every single day I eat this, you know, between these three restaurants. I have these three different salads mm-hmm. that I enjoy eating mm-hmm. every single day. And like that, nothing gets in the way of that 12 to 1 o'clock time slot for me having that salad because again food is medicine too you know yeah so that's super important to invest in yourself by eating healthy and just having structure around it yeah same with fitness you know i mean you heard it i'm working out the exact same times every single day i have structure behind it Mm -hmm. i don't i don't have decision making fatigue it's just this looks like for most people writing emails like Mm -hmm. which is going to happen during those time slots Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. i don't allow for meetings during those time slots i don't have my phone hasn't rang in 10 years i have my phone set to call forwarding so I can't be interrupted Mm -hmm. so yeah it's setting those boundaries and making that time to invest in yourself knowing that that's going to reward you and the reward the people around you it's going to make you a better you know father a better husband a better boy whatever Mm -hmm. food uh you really look at that as fuel right I do yeah Yeah. I mean I eat trust me I eat things I enjoy I don't I'm not just eating like raw spinach (laughs) and a you know few pieces of broccoli like I eat what I like but yeah, I, I eat whole foods. You're, you know, you're not going to catch me very often eating a bag of Doritos yeah. or, you know, Skittles or any of these foods that I, you know, used to eat because I didn't know what they were doing to me. Yeah. So, um, yeah, eating whole foods and just being consistent about the timing behind it. 
timing, are you also consistent about the portion sizes? Do you have that dialed in in terms of calories, or do you just go with how your body feels? I go with how I feel. I, I tend to build throughout the day. Like, my breakfast is pretty light. My lunch is a little bigger. My dinner is big. <clears throat> but I'm exercising a lot during the day, yeah. and I feel like I, I, it takes energy to break down food when you eat it. So... Um, I like having most of my calories later in the day when I no longer need energy for my mind to work or for my body to perform. Mm. And I eat just enough throughout the day so that I don't, I'm not starving and I have enough energy to, to complete the workouts that I want to do. Mm -hmm. But yeah, that, that works for me. I know that's the opposite of how a lot of people lot are of told, but you know, I'm exercising a lot throughout the day. So yeah, yeah it's different <laughs> for sure. Well, and, and, you know, before we started recording, he looked at my fridge and saw that, you know, I've got the, the meal prep, too, mm -hmm. from one of our mutual buddies. Um, but for me, it is it is one of those things where I have looked at, um, and I've talked about this with past girlfriends, and I'm like, man, the way that I see it is, like, we should just stay in our lane, mm -hmm. which is, like, you're a great example of Otherwise, get other people to do everything else. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to, I mean, I was time auditing and looking at that I was spending about a, an hour and 20 minutes a day cooking for myself. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a lot of time, mm -hmm. week to week, month to month, year to year, mm -hmm. that it was worth it for me to outsource it. Mm -hmm. You know, same with other things uh, in my life to where I, you know, if you could hire someone to do laundry for you, mm -hmm. or clean the house, whatever, mm -hmm. do it, mm -hmm. right? Otherwise, stick, stay in your lane, do the things that you're really good at, which sometimes people don't even know what they're really good at. Mm -hmm. they, they've never really taken the time. I remember when I quit my job, I'm like, I just know I'm not happy, but I don't know what I'm going to do. Mm -hmm. I don't even know what my passions are. But I had to at least open up the space to then start thinking through, like, well, what are my passions? What am I? What brings mm -hmm. me joy? Mm -hmm. And it took that sort of process. So it's, it can be super scary uh, and sometimes overwhelming to listen to someone's story like Eric's and be like, okay, I, I could never do that. But I think it's just if you could just do one thing today, mm -hmm. and that's kind of what I've been wanting to finish with that. It's like just do one little thing, 1% mm -hmm. <laughs> increase, 1% one, 1 improvement today over yesterday that you're listening to this and just keep building off of that. Mm -hmm. And you'd be surprised where you find yourself in a year. Cause a lot of people overestimate what they can do in a month and they underestimate what they can do in a year. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. But your life kind of is the great example of just probably small little fine tuning Hab habit stacking, habit stacking. Mm -hmm. Right. To then it becomes an autopilot. It's the compound effect, which I just finished reading and kind of that whole idea of habit stacking. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Take good habits, stack them, get rid of the unhealthy ones, put in healthy ones, and get around people like you who mm -hmm. are leading by example and uh, see where, where your life takes you. So, anyways, I appreciate you being Great here job. and sharing with, with everyone kind of your your pursuit of perfect days. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, how can people connect with you? I know we talked about Instagram a little bit. but mm -hmm. Yeah, Instagram is the best place. DM yeah. me. I reply to any messages I get. Then yeah. it's just my name. Eric Hinman on Instagram. Eric with a C. H-I-N-M-A-N. Mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. Very cool, man. Well, thank you so much for sharing with this the world. Awesome. Yeah. Good stuff, you guys. We'll, uh, we'll check in with you on the next episode. But until then, have a blessed day. Cheers. And I want to thank you so much for listening to The Johnny King Show. And hey, if you got something positive from this episode, please subscribe to the show, share it on your favorite social platform, and then tag me in it so I can say hi. It would also mean the world to me if you wrote a review of the show on Apple Podcasts because I read every single one. Do you feel like there's something that I could be doing better? Awesome. I totally thrive on constructive feedback and it's always welcome. So if you've got questions or concerns, you can always reach me via email 
at podcast at johnnyking.com. And then please follow me on Instagram at johnnyking, facebook.com backslash johnnykingmenscoach on my YouTube channel and LinkedIn. Thanks again for joining me. I've been Johnny King. You've been amazing. And we'll catch up with you next time. Take care.